Welcome to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. It's May 8th, and it's a Friday. That means Poetry Fridays. This is rapidly becoming one of my favorite parts of the show, and today is going to do nothing to change that, because today one of my favorite poets is on the show, and that's my friend Carolee Bennett. But she's not on the show just because she's my friend. I mean, maybe that's how I know she exists, but she's an extremely talented poet. The thing about Carolee is, every once in a while in your life, you are at a point where you really need someone to have your back, and pretty much nobody does. And then all of a sudden, like in an old Western, you see the silhouette of a single person on horseback come over the horizon. And that turns out to be the, you know, redheaded woman in the white hat who is going to save the town. And Carol Lee was that uh, tortured metaphor <laughs> for, for me uh, at a time in my life about 10 years ago when a huge change was happening and things were pretty dark and a bunch of people were kind of cutting me loose uh, like so much ballast from a hot air balloon, Carolee stepped in and had my back and made it seem like there was probably going to be a tomorrow. And that's the kind of gift you cannot repay. I mean, there's just no what possible currency could you use. But I will always be grateful to her. And then on the top of it, it turns out, you know, she's also a fabulous writer, which actually I knew before she became a superhero. And so, I mean, what's not to love? So without any further ado, uh, here's Carolee. I wanted to use Jason's request to read poetry for his podcast to get back to an old tradition that I had when Jason and I were both fairly new to the poetry scene in Albany, New York. It's been a million years um, since the the days of two and three and four and five poetry readings a night for us um, <laughs> downtown, but one of the traditions that I held most dear was a challenge that I set to myself during those times, and that was to get to each reading with something brand new, to read new material, to test it out, and just see how it sounded out loud in front of a live audience. And so when he asked me to read for this podcast, um, I knew that I wanted to try to get back to that tradition and, and to see if I could live up to that challenge. So I took a look at my notes and fortunately had participated in an online boot camp with my friend Sarah Freely um, in the dead of winter, sometime during February and maybe into March. But either way, the timing is interesting because you'll hear in these poems that the um, pandemic, COVID-19, coronavirus, lockdown, masks, all of that kind of stuff had just started to work its way into the poems and um, the, the apocalyptic nature of some of what we're seeing. So these are brand new poems. You won't find them anywhere. They're raw. They're scary to me because they haven't been worked on too much, but I'm excited to put them out there and to flash back a little bit to the days of um, doing that in front of a live audience in Albany. Thanks, Jason, for asking me to read. How Time Passes at the End of the Universe Stand at the end, just as you have before the Atlantic, trying hard not to wade right in. Instead, squat down at an almost safe distance and let it lap your outstretched hand. As you get a sense for the tide, 
coming, going. The prettiest pebble catches your eye, and you begin to fill your pockets with shells and, if you're lucky, green sea glass that will mean something later when you take it out to remind yourself what time in this tumbler looks like. Scuffed up, can't see through, proof fairly rare. As you walk to dinner, you envy those roaming near empty mansions, room after room lit by oversized chandeliers, many above long tables where people used to sit in tall chairs and clink glasses and laugh. This isn't new. Even back when you weren't so close to the end of the universe, you worried people in other houses had better food than you. And now, working to meet your most basic needs, you tell your lover too many times, I love you. And he says, why couldn't you have been this way before? It just may be that at the end of the universe, you don't want to be the chick with a rifle strapped to her chest, stuffing supplies into a van. Just maybe you want to be the wise old broad in a white dress who walks the neighborhood's edges, a shore upon which everything washes up, only to be pulled back in. The title of this poem is a phrase from a poem by Tracy Brimhall called Our Bodies Break Light. This is No One Believes in Madness Anymore. No one believes in madness anymore. And there are too many ways to say cheese, more cameras than people, an abundance of chatter. Only bees understand this level of sorrow, remind us of our collective confusion, a series of slow, uneven circles, orbits that bump into grief every few passes, first a girl's bare shoulder, then porch rail post, and daffodil, finally daffodil, a few moments on the rim of the corona before the stuttering crawl into the yellow eye where we say yes, just like that. Misery, 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 yes, misery, yes, yes, misery. How it repeats, drones on and on. How we want it, gone till it is, and then the silence is worse than the disease. Blood in your own ears an underground river that carries the bodies, I mean antibodies, before it's too late, raise a glass to gut feelings and high winds, deep grooves and morning sun. We've already gone from smiling in every photo to showing faces only from the bridge of the nose up, when images have any people at all. Your social profile entirely made up of empty egg cartons, bare store shelves, and other crisis communications. No one believes in the harvest anymore, but you still sleep deep enough to drool on the pillow, but not so deep you can't hear the wooden door scrape when your teen boys sneak in and out to smoke pot, the secret you let them keep. We all need these little treats, yours, shell casings, purple bite marks, a tattoo with the phonetic spelling of a word that means what we're not done with yet. The threat warning remains at orange, and thank God we're used to wasting that chance to think for a fucking second, reckon for all the cash we've blown, account for every pair of lips that's hit on the proper pronunciation inked at the base of your spine. Yes, just like that. 
This next poem is inspired by the artwork of William Kentridge, particularly the film Ubu Tells the Truth, and um, it was included in an exhibit that I saw at MoMA in New York City years ago. This is called The New Nightmare. The New Nightmare. He's naked in front of the class again, sketching a diagram of the soul, a cloaked figure four times the size of an average adult male, as wide as it is tall and full of bones, including what resembles a skull and ribcage. And just above two femurs, a simple coil where the pelvis should be, a spiral the lecturer drew to represent the Milky Way. There will be no questions from students about how we can see a galaxy in the night sky while we are in it. And there will be no laughter, no nervous giggles at seeing how teachers' bellies hang out over their genitals. The outbreak forced them to grow up, and so they take careful notes. The gut, he says, pointing to inner and outer loops, tells you nothing about weather. It may or may not rain on your beach getaway with a man that doesn't belong to you. The only thing now is to be blunt and survive. He interrupts a student who starts to ask about the soul's black gloves. Yes, he says, rubber, from the butcher, but you're missing the point. He draws circles in the air in front of the blackboard gut. This is the part we don't know. This is where it must be. In a past anxiety dream, he tried to explain this choreography using pairs of boot prints, lines connecting one dance step to the next. In others, he drew megaphones, wheelbarrows, bicycles, men asleep on cots beneath rows of light bulbs dangling from the ceiling by electrical cords. The students had lived through worse, slipped on their new nightmares like hazmat suits, where people used to have faces, they have visors now, sitting atop each pair of shoulders like a screen, plastic shields play back the dream, bags of fluids on twin silver hooks, family members flanking bodies in bed, asking one another impossible questions. Can she hear me? How much longer? The title of this one is a phrase from Margaret Atwood's poem, February. What will finish us off? We used to jump into beds of pickup trucks and trust dumb luck and physics to keep us safely within four half walls, but we know full well now how any sturdy bottom may be a trap door. The archaeologists who pour over this steel hull later will say the species tried to survive, had sex in the age of storage units, the age of bulldozers, the age of sales territories, we had sex in the age of bulk savings, sex in the age of healthy fats, sex after renewable energy, 5G, far cries, and meat substitutes, sex between natural disasters, sex between friends, group sex, rough sex, makeup sex, morning sex. This is my big box fantasy. I fuck whichever one finally settles it with rock, paper, scissors. I'm kidding. I choose all of you. Live long enough and you'll tire of pissing matches. Some machines whine, some purr. You have your own kinks and find someone to love in the bitter cold of February. If you have to go looking for something to celebrate, well, go looking. Leave it to the bees to be resigned. 
Converting pollen to honey, they hum along exactly like gears in the factory, grinding everything down. Thanks so much to Carolee for, you know, existing and also for providing poetry for this week's Poetry Fridays episode of A Brief Chat. I've been really gratified. People are who I don't know are submitting poems now for this series, which is really cool. I'm, I'm not 100% clear how they know it exists, but what the heck? If you would like to send in a couple poems just so I can look at your stuff and, you know, give a yay or nay, and I'm giving pretty much yays. I mean, I'm the bar, you know, I'm trying to keep the bar like pretty open. That's not how bars work. Well, that's how one kind of bar works. Anyway, you know what I mean? Feel free to send your stuff to Jason at a brief chat.com and uh, we can probably make it work. All right. All right. Anyway, if you're a member, you'll get an episode tomorrow. And if you're not, I'll see you again on Monday. I love you. A better world is possible. Please.